This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I refuse to accept certain statements that have been made, certain assertions that have been made, and there's a big one that I refuse to accept today. It is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, on Sirius XM, Channel 80 on the ESPN app. Joseph, how goes the battle? Is this a, a health rant? Is this you against big technology? What's going on here? What do you have no, to say about I, I, I'm upset. I wouldn't say upset. I'm You're concerned. coming in hot. You're coming in hot today from wherever that is inside of a, a spacecraft headed for the moon, perhaps. I'm at the lovely Sirius XM Studios in Washington, D.C. Oh. They have been kind enough to host us today. A little political today. content today. Okay. Uh, yes, I am right next door to the POTUS channel. So we can go and uh, uh, hop on with Michael Smirkanish when we are done, if you need to do that. Let's do a little crosstalk. We'll give you a little Super Bowl action. You give us a little South Carolina primaries. Smirkanish, big Philly guy. I can tell you that right now. Big Philly guy. Anyway, I am a little bit concerned over the notion that people are starting to think that Patrick Mahomes is going to become a villain. And listen, I, I, I have really kind of been thrown off by this completely and I was a little bit surprised that this was a question that was asked of him. Jeff Darlington, our guy, uh, sat down with Patrick Mahomes this past week and was asked him uh, asked him about the idea of becoming a villain. I would say so. Um, I, I can definitely sense it. I, I, I never felt like that because I've never been like that in my entire life. But you take uh, some pride in it to know that um, everybody doesn't like you. And it's not for anything you've really done. It's just for winning. So if that means some of the other teams and other fan bases aren't going to like me, I'll try to still have a smile on my face and, and uh, not be a bad example. But I can be that villain for them if they, if they need me to be. Joseph See, that, is, that right there, the whole I'm going to try not to be a bad example. All right. I don't like so that. So you got him as a villain right now. I got him as annoying. That's annoying is what that is. That's annoying. The annoying current, is the first step to villain. The, yeah, annoying <laughs> is the first step when you make the transition from baby face to heel. You got to be annoying first. And he's been really annoying with his commercials. That was something we all noticed with Baker Mayfield, right? Mayfield was affable, and then the commercials got annoying, and then he wasn't winning anymore, and then we just kind of forgot about him. He never made the full transformation to heel. Patrick Mahomes has been annoying, annoying commercials, annoying, consistent complaining to the officials. When he lost to the Bills, the crying to Josh Allen on the field. When Josh Allen lost to him in the playoffs, you didn't see him return the favor. He just went out, shook his hand, gave him a hug, did it the right way. Mahomes, of course, with the crying and the complaining, that's the annoying part. And then you go full villain when you do so much winning everyone's had enough of you. It's what makes the Yankees the Yankees, and it's what makes Notre Dame football Notre Dame football. Neither has won anything in a while, but they did so much winning for so long back in the day, they ultimately became villains. Well, Joe, what do you, you look at me and what do you think? Common man. Well, That's what you think. Okay. That's what you think. I would have gotten um, there at some point. Among other things, I would say it's a top five. Common thing. man. That that is the guy that represents me and what I think about. And as in touch with the common man as I am, being one of them. I don't sense whatsoever that anybody is just sick and tired of Patrick Mahomes. Boy, I saw it in spades with Brady. It, it absolutely happened pretty quickly with Tom Brady after, I would say, probably three years. He was that darling story, that innocent kid, the first time the Patriots won the Super Bowl. And it was... 
everybody loves Brady. And then it kind of turned the other way. There is not the outward hatred of Mahomes that there was of Brady at this time in his career. And there's not the outward hatred of Chiefs fans like there was of Patriot fans at this time of his career. Brady was in a situation where his whole environment fostered becoming a villain. He was like Bane. He was born in the darkness. He was he, he was grown in the darkness of New England under Belichick, under all of that, and how quickly that team became hated, and Brady was the face of all of it. I look at Mahomes, there's nothing about him that has jumped out and said, this is the guy I'm going to hate for the next 15 years. His, You talk about the everyman. The everyman is his head coach. I don't know many people that over the last few years have really developed an outward hatred for Patrick Mahomes. In fact, I don't know anybody. I mean, again, when you compare them to Brady, it's the same problem we have when we compare them in the greatness chart. You, 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 Mahomes in the category. Oh, so he's not Brady. there high enough yet on the Right. It chart. hasn't it's, it's uh, in the no, no, process no, no. of no, happening. No, no. People liked Brady early on because it was the underdog story, right? It's not like Mahomes wasn't a six-round pick, but he wasn't first overall. He wasn't a Heisman Trophy winner. He wasn't even a star in college by many metrics. He had big stats, but he played at Texas Tech on like a 500 team. It's not like anyone was all that familiar with him, just like with Brady. You knew him because he was the Michigan quarterback, and he had a huge Orange Bowl in the final game of his career. I believe it was against Alabama. I mean, it's one of the most efficient bowl games in history if you go back and look at that stat line but ultimately those weren't that wasn't cam newton coming out of auburn right like newton people had made up their minds on newton pretty quickly there and he's not the only one so mahomes comes out takes over for alex smith wins games plays some spectacular football people go on to love him right then he wins then he wins some more and throughout the process he's been ruining fan bases like the buffalo fan base they're not capable of hate but as close as they can get to hate that's how they feel towards Patrick Mahomes. The Raider fan base, oh. the Charger fan base, the Bronco fan base, they're all covered. It starts small and then it grows. And as you continue to do what you do to other teams, the Philadelphia fan base, he got them in the Super Bowl last year. The San Francisco fan base, he got them a few years ago. The hate grows. Brady didn't really turn full heel until he started dating and then marrying Giselle. Because, nah, no, because no, no, at no, that no, point, the common no, no. man, the underdog story was over. You can't marry the premier supermodel in the world and then still be the everyman. You're no longer the everyman. You're the only man. And no. because of that, and this is a famous Chappelle skit, we hate you. Like, we hate <laughs> you at that point. Hate, he, hate, 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 hate. Yes, he was hated in 03. He was he was hated when they got to the Super Bowl against the Panthers. I can attest to that because I saw at that game just how everyone else in the building reacted to the obnoxiousness of every person wearing a Brady jersey there. And I'll remind you that he was dating Bridget Moynihan back then, who wasn't exactly, you know, too far off from the category that you're putting Giselle in and that she's in. And you are looking at all of the high-end things and the good looks of Brady that was working against him. Patrick Mahomes isn't an ugly guy. He's a handsome guy. But he also strikes you as a little bit closer to a normal guy. Brady never, beyond that first year, 
never struck anybody as relatable. Oh That's yeah, not a word yeah. That picture struck. of him at the combine in his boxer shorts, looking pathetic. That yeah, didn't that, that didn't relate then. to anyone. That right. relates to all of us. I have seen so many cases of bad body here in ESPN's radio department. We all relate to that picture. We strive for that picture. You wish you looked like Brady in that picture. I wish I looked like Brady in that picture. And he looks awful in that picture. He does look awful in that picture, but sure, I'd sign for it tomorrow. But (laughs) with Mahomes, he has come across so incredibly well. He has handled himself so incredibly well. You want to talk about people outside outside himself, you know, the issues with his brother, that's not ideal. That's not ideal in any way. But nobody looks at Mahomes and, like, I would argue – that there's now a lot more hatred of Travis Kelsey than there is of Mahomes because he has really adapted to that high line, wanting to be a star lifestyle. I have never gotten that from Patrick Mahomes. The winning changes everything. It doesn't matter if the personality's still cool. He's always been a cool guy, or at least he comes across as a cool guy. But Steph Curry comes across the same way. And people don't look at Steph and the Warriors the way they used Nobody to. Nobody hates Steph Curry. Mm. Nobody hates him. You go around the NBA, the feeling has shifted. It's not that he's beloved. Yeah. Kids especially love him, and then they yeah. should. Steph's an all-time leader. He's an all-time guy in the community. None of this is meant to disparage. But when that story started versus where it is, Things change. When LeBron was coming out of high school and everyone was watching him at, what was it, St. Vincent, St. Mary in Ohio? Like, everyone loved that story. Here comes the next phenom right out of high school. How does everyone feel about LeBron today, right? All we do is look to take him down. And all he's done is maintain his greatness throughout his career. It happens to all of the greats. All of the greats. You're so good that eventually the public turns on you because the public can't relate to you. The public doesn't relate to the evil empire that is the Yankees. It doesn't relate to Notre Dame. It didn't relate to Alabama at the end. And I'll tell you what, it turned on the Red Sox too. Remember when they were the lovable story when they finally got past the Yanks? Absolutely. They're not lovable anymore. And it's not because of the last few years where they've fallen apart. But once they started winning enough, people started hating Boston because Boston's been winning everything. It's the same thing with the Chiefs. They're working their way towards villain status because they do so much winning. It's not because he's a bad guy. It has nothing to do with the looks or anything else. Same thing happened with Brady. You do that much winning, people start to hate you. Let's be honest. Was it that hard to hate Boston? No. I mean, not really. It's not that hard, no. I mean, you hate Philadelphia. They don't win anything. No, listen. If you hate Philadelphia, you don't understand Philadelphia. But that's fine. That's fine. I look at this, and I'm very comfortable with where Patrick Mahomes is in the hero role, still wearing the cape. He's not. not, No one sees him as the hero. Come on now. You're gonna. You'd be more willing to put him in the the Superman category than the Lex Luthor category. Absolutely. 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 Again, I guess I'll, I find myself for two days in a row asking the same question of you. Why do you hate America, Joe? Why do you hate I America? I don't hate America. America is about the underdog story. We were the uh-huh. ones that rose up, threw a bunch of tea overboard, flipped the double bird to England, and then handled our business. That's the all-time upset. I'm for America's upsets. I'm for Buster Douglas over Mike Tyson and Villanova over Georgetown. I'm for Joe Namath in Super Bowl III. I'm not for the Chiefs. That's for you. You want to root for the Chiefs? Go root for the Soviet Union. That's how I see it. (laughs) It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Apparently, we made it back to the Soviet Union in the 1980s. I knew we could get there. I knew we could do it, everyone. That's a great first segment. (laughs)
Joseph, from the reigning NFL MVP to the reigning NBA MVP, we've got the very latest on Joel Embiid and what it means for his future in Philly. It is on the way in moments. We are just getting rolling. It is Carlin versus Joel on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Shout out the New Orleans Pelicans. That's how you handle the first half. That's how you win a pizza money. Yes. Nice. Subtle Monday. It was Monday yesterday, right? Yeah, it was Monday. Sure. All right. Why so not? So 1-0 yesterday, up a unit. This is basically one prop, but it's three bets. So it's a Rudy Gobert rebound prop tonight. Minnesota is taking on Chicago. We're going to go Gobert over 12.5 rebounds, which is minus 160, over 13.5 rebounds, which is minus 110, and over 14.5 rebounds, which is plus 145. Needless to say, we like Rudy Gobert to clean up the glass tonight. Against Chicago, he's going to face Nikola Vucevic. He has been incredible in these matchups against Vucevic. 13 or more rebounds in 12 straight games against Vucevic. All right? In the four games that he's faced Vucevic with the Bulls, while Vuce has been with the Bulls, he's recorded 19 rebounds, 20 rebounds, 19 rebounds, and 13 rebounds for an average of 17.7 per game. The Bulls are 18th in rebounding percentage this season, so they struggle as is, and this is a great matchup for Gobert. Point spreads right around five, so hopefully it remains a tight game and he doesn't get yanked. Pizza money's one, two, and three. Gobert over 12.5 rebounds, over 13.5 rebounds, over 14.5 rebounds. Joel Embiid will undergo a procedure this week to repair his left meniscus. Embiid expected to miss an extended period of time. When I think of that, I think a month plus. And without the reigning MVP, yeah. it's going to be tough for the 76ers to remain relevant. Or, you know, 
their season's over. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. So the news came just a little while ago, courtesy of Woj. Joel Embiid did have his surgery this morning. Uh, his situation is this. Here are the exact tweets from Woj. He underwent a left meniscus procedure on Tuesday. He'll be reevaluated in approximately four weeks. How his recovery goes over the next few weeks will be paramount, but there continues to be a belief that the door isn't closed on the possibility of the reigning MVP's return this season, according to Woj, what sources are telling ESPN. Joe, that's fine. This is such a dicey situation. And if Joel Embiid plays again this year and he comes back and he's not 100%, I I just can't help you. Whether that's the Sixers, whether that's Embiid, dear God, to me, there is just absolutely no need at this juncture of his career to rush that. Well, I think it only comes down to whether or not it's one of those re-aggravation injuries, right? Like Durant had one of those. Durant had the calf strain with the Warriors. They sat him out for a while, came back against Toronto in the finals, re-aggravated it in worse fashion, which ended up to the snapping of the Achilles. And if you go back and you watch the um, the instant replay and slow-mo of that, it's, it's brutal to see. Oh. But, you know, you can see exactly what I'm talking about here. That was an injury that had a chance of getting worse. When you undergo this type of procedure, this surgery, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a surgeon. But if you go through the rehab and you take the proper amount of time and you come back and you're not at risk of further injury, then you might as well come back if there's something to play for. That's the big question right now because the Sixers sit fifth in the Eastern Conference. They're a game and a half back of the Knicks for fourth. They're three games up on Indiana for sixth. So there's a little cushion there, but they're not playing well. They've dropped six to seven. You take the, the MVP out of the conversation, the logic follows that you're going to struggle. Otherwise, why the hell is he the MVP? So, I mean, if you're going to be reevaluated in four weeks – Thankfully for you, this is coming with the NBA All-Star break taking place during this stretch, but you're still going to miss a minimum, by my count, of 16 games. Minimum. And that's reevaluated in four weeks. Then you got to practice. You got to ramp up. You got to get back on the floor. You're probably on a minutes restriction. I mean, I don't know. What's he missing? 20-plus games here? You might be able to find your way into the play-in tournament. And if he comes back healthy, you might be able to advance into the 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 round of eight or whatever it is, but I don't I I don't see any reason why the Sixers should believe they're going to compete for anything serious this year. Uh, it feels like they're done. It feels like they're done. I don't see why you would think that. And to take your point a step further, when you talk about ramping up, it's ramping up to play, and then it's ramping up when you are playing because you're not going to come back and be at 100% right away. You're going to go, and whether it's minutes or whatever, it's still going to take you time to get back into game shape, as they say, and and a game uh, familiarity, once again, to where you're at the point where you were before. I just don't see why the Sixers would push it at this point, knowing that at any moment Embiid could pull the trigger. What, why do you, if you're the 76ers, need to do anything to try to aggravate Embiid as it is? I, I don't expect them 
to push this at all. This is very much a hands-off situation. Their season might be done, but this is like not scaring away a squirrel right now. You approach very cautiously, and you do not do anything to cause him to run. And you do not want Joel Embiid running out of Philadelphia, and that very easily could happen. Well, right now it's got to be about next season. What are you going to do to make this roster better if you're Daryl Morey? You got rid of James Harden. Tyrese Maxey has seen an increase in usage rate. Tyrese Maxey is your runaway favorite right now to win most improved player in the NBA. He's a bona fide number two. And maybe one day he becomes a straight-up number one. We'll see. But he's got all the potential in the world. He can play right alongside Embiid. What are you going to do between now and the start of next season to get this roster another step in the right direction. You're looking at Boston. You're looking at Milwaukee. Here come the Knicks. It was only a matter of time before other teams started to emerge. Like the Eastern Conference has been the same two or three teams for a little while now, and then the rest has been Drek. Well, guess what? Miami, they're lying in the weeds. Here come the Knicks. Here come the Pacers. I don't know if anyone's paying attention to the Orlando Magic. They're four over 500. I'm not saying they're a threat right now, but they're trending up. The East is going to get deeper. The, the Celtics aren't going anywhere. I'd have to imagine the Bucs are going to be around. So what is Maury's next step to getting this team to the next level, the championship level where they can get right back to where they need to be and trying to hoist that Larry O'Brien? Joel Embiid, he hopes to be a big part of that. They all hope he's a big part of it. But I don't know. You might go through this whole process. You might see the team flame out, and you might say to yourself, you know what, this offseason is the offseason where it's time for a change. I've done all I can do in Philadelphia, and that's that. I, I First of all, number one, uh, to your point about making the team better, that can't happen in the next two and a half days. It cannot happen in the next two and a half days, so don't do that. Operate in a very cautious manner before the deadline. Don't do anything stupid. That's number one. Number two, when it comes to Embiid long-term here, as you are working on that plan, you have to include him in discussing that plan. Who do you want to play with? How do we get this better? How do we put you in a better position to succeed where you're going to be happy here long-term? And then thirdly, I have trouble believing that Embiid, as sensitive as he clearly is, would leave Philadelphia under these particular circumstances. I have real trouble believing that because we have seen him over the course of his career react to criticism certain ways. And even last week, if he was truly reacting to criticism when he decided to go out and play because he didn't play in Denver, that still shows an immaturity there, but a a sensitivity to criticism. And, And he's smart enough to know this. Joe, if he left Philadelphia like this, he would be absolutely destroyed in that city. And as much as that does not bother a lot of other guys when they leave town, it would bother him. Would that matter more than finding a better opportunity to win a championship? He's That's what it comes sensitive. down to. Like, he's sure, pretty, he'd be sensitive, sensitive to the fact that Philadelphia would be upset. But he if he is. goes somewhere where he increases his chances of winning a championship by, say, 10 to 15%, wouldn't that outweigh it? I think with most players, yes. I think Embiid turning 30 right now is it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how he handles this because I don't believe that he'll do that before he's back on the court next year.
It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers by saying play ESPN Radio. Everybody's talking about Patrick Mahomes chasing Tom Brady. We know this. But Brock Purdy actually has a chance to do something that only Brady has done. I don't even know what that is. Thus, a great tease that was written for me. I read what's on the screen. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. to throw against a four-man rush. Fires it near side to Caltrey. Comes back to the ball and holds it in. Touchdown, Kansas City. I've known Patrick for a few years now covering him. He is a very likable person, and it's, it's very interesting to see him sort of become this villain. Everybody doesn't like you. It's not for anything you've really done. It's just for winning. So if that means some other teams and other fan bases aren't going to like me, I'll try to slip a smile on my face and, and uh, not be a bad example, but I can be that villain for them if they, if they need me to be. I just, I'm having trouble seeing it. I don't know enough people who, I don't know anybody who sees him as a villain yet. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, always one of our favorites, joins us as he does each and every week. Jeff, we appreciate the time. I got to get to Andy Reid's list of cheeseburgers with you in just a few minutes. First things first, though. Jeff, what are we overlooking in the Super Bowl? What are we not considering nearly enough when we're evaluating and trying to break down this game? Well, I think San Francisco's uh, ability and commitment to their run game. I think that's going to be what differentiates this uh, as a victory for San Fran or or a loss. I think when you see how Baltimore kind of responded uh, once, once uh, Mahomes and then went up 14, and um, you know, kind of the behaviors they exhibited. I think it was six runs total, um, and and even the way that Detroit responded to San Francisco when they faced adversity. They went from run the ball 20 something times in the first half to seven in the second half uh, with incredible results. And I, I just think it's commitment to it. You know, will Shanahan stay the course? Continue to hand the ball off, make it kind of small ball or ugly ball. 
and stick with it and then flip it over to San Francisco defense and I'm I'm going to force Pacheco to beat me. I mean I'm going to I'm going to force Andy Reid to stay patient with his run game and listen he I, I agree he's a fully he's a different coach when he's in the playoffs. He's committed to the run much more. Pacheco leads the league uh, in playoff games and in, in, in rushing, but um, force him to do it. Don't allow Mahomes and explosive plays to dictate what you have to do to match it. Make them earn it each and every time down. Um, and I just, I just wonder if they'll be willing to do it. We spent so much time talking about what a Super Bowl win means for Patrick Mahomes, his legacy, his comparisons with Brady. What does a Super Bowl win mean for Brock Purdy if he plays well in the game, he'll be one of only two quarterbacks alongside Tom Brady to have defeated Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. And then on top of that, if you go back to the start of Brady's career, when he won that first Super Bowl, you know, a lot of credit to Belichick, the defense, all the stars around him. You know, he was this sixth right. round pick who was backing up Drew Bledsoe and then stepped in, and then the narrative changed. I'm not suggesting he's going to become Brady, but a win in this game, how does that change everything for us? Oh, it's enormous. I mean, and to your point, I mean, you think about even the way people have discredited the way that he played, um, how he played last season and even even through this season. And, you know, people put like an indictment on him after he had a very poor performance against uh, Baltimore in the regular season. Um, but, man, you know, overall, the, guy body, the, the guy's body of work has been impressive. And I don't care what teammates he has around him. You still got to go out and execute. And I think – it's going to require a, an efficient game, uh, but a fearless game from Purdy. Like, he's going to have to be able to, you know, let it go rip. And and uh, it was funny. I was watching uh, Brady's, you know, 28-3 comeback in the Super Bowl. And I don't know if you remember the Edelman catch, but it, it, it hit the defender, Atlanta defender, square in the face mask, right? So, hmm. no different than Ayuk, you know, bouncing off Detroit and he catching it and then, you know, making the catch in the next play, them scoring. Things are going to go your way, and sometimes they're going to go the other way. But you got to keep being fearless and p- keep pushing it uh, if, if you're going to try to upset Mahomes in that crew. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us. Jeff, if if Patrick Mahomes does win this, where does he then go? You know, we're going to have this discussion. Where does he then go in terms of the all-time greats, and where does he rank as opposed to Brady at that point? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think that I don't think he really moves. Uh, you know, off the he's, he's the best contemporary you know quarterback that we have right like there's there's no doubt there's no argument I mean six AFC championship games in six years as a starter like what he's done to amass this in his career and and here's the other part right like we talk about that Purdy well Purdy fell into a Shanahan offense and you know they had a pretty good team well Mahomes did the same thing right like he fell in with Andy Reid and with a really good team that Alex Smith had taken to the to the um, to the playoffs as well, but what did Mahomes do? Mahomes got Andy Reid his first Super Bowl win, right? I mean, so he was eleven and thirteen before Mahomes, and now you look at what Mahomes done to the playoffs. He has elevated like Andy Reid. Purdy can do this for San Francisco and for Shanahan, no different, right? Is it? It all of a sudden just magnifies these guys' career. But when I when I look at this thing, man, this is a. Uh, this, this is going to be a barn, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, I think there's so many subplots in this game and, and just really excited to see both these guys. And I feel like it's one of those games they're going to be forced to push the ball. They're going to be forced to try it because I think both coaches get impatient and, and try to do things, and, and I think that's what leads to fun, fun football. 
Jeff Saturday with us, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. 49er tight end George Kittle, he grew up a Bears fan. He's at media night last night, so he was asked about the situation in Chicago and the future of Justin Fields and whether or not the Bears should be building around Fields or trading the pick. You know, now we're hearing with the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury in Washington that perhaps Caleb Williams could tell the Bears he doesn't want to go to Chicago. He'd rather go to Washington. Do you think we could be headed towards an Eli Manning-like situation here where Caleb Williams tries to dictate his path? You know, I would doubt it. I I just think from – I would think from uh, the Bears and where they sit, they can kind of dictate – or they could force the play, right? I mean, the difference is if if your polls in the the, um, Bears front office, are are you willing to say, okay, well, sit out and show me you're willing to do it? And, and, you know, how would you want that to start? Because the good thing they do have, they got fields. So they don't have to do anything until they know they have um, Williams in-house. So they do have a backup plan. If he decides he doesn't want to play, uh, they can fifth-year option fields and get, you know, and even fresh. They have time. So the clock would start for Williams. I, I just don't think that's how anybody wants this to go. I think that those conversations will be had well in advance. Um, and I think if Chicago thinks Caleb Williams is as good as scouts are saying he is right now, um, they're they're probably not going to go. Well, we're just going to move on. You know, it's, it, it kind of like likens to the the Bengals and Joe Burrow, right? If you know Joe, there was no conversation. It was like the most anticlimactic draft ever, right? Like everybody knew Burrow was going one. We all started with okay, what happens after that? And I think if the Bears find in, in their due diligence that he, if Caleb Williams is that guy for them, they're going to say this is our guy and and, and this is how we're going to move our organization forward. Jeff, Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, you were asked this morning uh, regarding Andy Reid's answer on the top three cheeseburgers. He named a couple of places that were just individual places, but he brought in and out into it, and I would term your reaction on Get Up Today to that visceral. What is your take on the (laughs) In-N-Out Burger in that regard? Because it seemed to me, Jeff, you seemed somewhat somewhat agitated. It was just, it's overrated. Like, we're sitting in there, and everybody's talking about how good, you know, what is it, animal style, like this burger. Yeah, and I've correct. had it in and out a number of times, right? Like, it's it's good, but it's like, it, to me, it was overrated. You know, like the whole, and, and I just said, listen, if, if, if we're going to compare, I would go Wendy's double, you know, I'd go double with, with cheese or even triple. And, and I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm leaning that direction. You know, when you open the foil up and there's grease all in it, and <laughs> I get extra pickles on mine, and it's, yeah, I don't know that there's a better burger if you're just going to break it down that way. I think I think Andy was leaning a little more West Coast uh, than, than, than bringing it all in, you know, going full coast, uh, full full coast to coast. Interesting. I applaud your ability to appeal to the national entire nation with that take. As Wendy's is everywhere, as opposed to in and out, <laughs> he's the everyman. Jeff yes. Saturday's the everyman. He is. He there is. you Jeff. go. Let Appreciate them know. It, and then I'm open for commercials. I'm open for commercials. Yeah, there we go. Jeff loves every cheeseburger there is. Don't worry about it. Anybody who's got the most money, he loves it. And I don't blame him. Great stuff, brother. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate y'all. Have a great one. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. Everybody is asking in Chicago if it's Fields versus Williams. But is there a third option for the Bears? Mm. That's after Joe has this from Granger. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry out there, as well as access to the product specialists who have both the knowledge and the experience to answer all of those tough questions that might come your way. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and, more importantly, your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Up the middle on the delay, feels twisting left to the five, to the pylon, touchdown Bears! Ryan Poles from the Chicago Bears has to trade Justin Fields this month. Why? Because the combine starts on February 29th, and he has to find a way to maximize the return that he gets for Justin Fields. If he waits beyond February, the chairs start getting filled up when it comes to teams that have vacancies or that we're anticipating having vacancies at the most important position in all of team sports. The quarterback... Better make sure that Caleb Williams is on board then. You better know that Caleb Williams is interested. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80 on your smart speaker. Follow us on your social media channels, including on Instagram at Jay Fortenbaugh, at that guy Carlin. Interesting last night at opening night for Super Bowl week, of course, all of the media in attendance and the players out there speaking uh, as well. And Joseph, George Kittle was there, um, of course, the 49ers tight end and a guy who is a childhood Bears fan. And he was actually asked about what the Bears should do this offseason. I think what the Bears should do is personally, I think they should trade back as many picks as they can and build around a guy that they've been trying to build around. Give the guy some actual options. I mean, he has options, but just help him out as much as you possibly can be. Build him up as big as you can and trust the kid. So that's interesting. And I was surprised this morning watching Get Up. Lewis Riddick was of the same mindset. Jeff, you know, we kind of talked about a little bit there, was of a similar mindset. Um, I love Justin Fields. You know this about me. I also know that I'm getting a rookie contract with a guy that I don't know that we would rate Caleb Williams as highly as we rated Trevor Lawrence coming out, but not that far behind. He is viewed as a generational talent. Man, it is awfully tempting to go in that direction, and it would take some guts to say, we're riding with Justin Fields unless your hand is forced. You can make this thing really easy because the one thing no one's talking about with this is what should happen. And Justin Fields, he should go to the Bears and say he wants out. That's what should happen here. Fields should say, you know what? I've been here three years. I'm headed for my fourth year. You have done everything you can to make my job as difficult as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm on my second head coach entering my fourth season. I'm going to be on my – if he stays with the team, I'm going to be on my third offensive coordinator since I got here. The first couple of years were a complete waste behind that offensive line and with that wide receiving unit. You made an awful trade for Chase Claypool that turned into nothing. You did bring in DJ Moore, who's very talented. But I've been here three years, and all I'm hearing about – after laying my body on the line week after week to try to pick up wins for this team is how you're not sure I'm the guy. You're not sure of me. 
because you've got Caleb Williams out there. Well, how about this? I'm not sure of you because mm. you've never had a 4,000-yard passer, only team in NFL history to not produce that. You've never had a 30-touchdown passer, only team in NFL history to not produce that. You've been around forever, and you have a lousy track record of developing quarterbacks. Who's the greatest Bears quarterback of all time? Is it like Jim McMahon, Jay Cutler, Sid Luckman? which is where Evan was going to go because I think we talked about this months yeah. ago. Like, that's what you've got for your Rushmore of quarterbacks? That's it? That's the best, and it's not to disparage those guys. It shows you how bad that organization is. Detroit made it work with Stafford and is making it work with golf. That's Detroit. They used to be the laughing stock of the division. Minnesota's going to try to figure it out with Kirk Cousins, but they seem somewhat competent. And the Packers just go from Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback. Rather than the Bears try to figure out who their guy's going to be, Fields should walk in there and say, you know what? I've had enough. You trade me. Go draft Caleb Williams. I'll make the decision yeah. for you. I, I think it's an, ex- an excellent point, and I hadn't considered it. So you could just take the rest of the day off. I'd love to. I would love to, but I got these Cape Cod chips back there I got to try, and then I want to see how my body responds on air to them. Yeah, a lot of of things on the plate today, so to speak. Big day Uh, for me. If I were Justin Fields, you you may have just convinced me that that's the way to go. Because it's not going to get it. Your mind looks like it's doing laps around itself right now. The big dome just turned into the big hot tub. You just blows my mind, blows my mind, whatever you did. Maybe you take the rest of the day off. Yeah. Because I am just, uh, I, I, I couldn't be more in agreement because look at what's coming. This situation is not getting better. Matt Eberflus, give me a percentage chance that Matt Eberflus, if Justin Fields sticks around and the Bears trade back to two, give me a percentage chance that Matt Eberflus is a head coach next year. <laughs> I, exactly. Exactly. Like, you don't even have to do it now. You just answered. All I had to do so, was just like utter scoff. a sound. Uh, yeah. uh, uh. Like that sound was enough to 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 get you what you needed. The that, the worst that was prehistoric communication right there. Cavemen communicated better than that, and yet you still knew exactly where I was going. I'm being generous if I were to call it a scoff. What do you think I mean, of the Bears and how they handle their business? Exactly. Uh, yep, yep. I know exactly what you mean, and you're right. But th- well that said. Point, that point <laughs> being, it's not getting better. Even if they extend you, you the help you're gonna get is not getting better. Get me to some place that's you know locked in for a while in terms of who the head coach is, who the offensive coordinator is gonna be. Get me to Raheem Morris down in Atlanta, get me to a situation where I can succeed. Because Lewis Riddick was talking about this this morning. Justin Fields has never been set up to succeed. And I would argue that he has handled that better than most on the field and off the field when you go through all of the challenges that he has. Can you imagine this scenario, though? Justin Fields comes to you tomorrow and says, get me out. Get me out. Get me out. And then Caleb Williams says, mm, not playing for you. Bears football 2024. <laughs> That's what that one. is. I mean, just th- think about it like this as well. Say Fields stays. Say the decision is him. 
You just brought in Shane Waldron from Seattle as your offensive coordinator. This goes one of two ways. Waldron does a really good job, which means he's gone. He's going to go take a head coaching job somewhere because that's how it works. Really good coordinators who develop quarterbacks get head coaching jobs. See Dave Canales, who developed Baker Mayfield Mm -hmm. in Tampa, and then prior to that had a really good run with Geno Smith in Seattle. So if Waldron does well, he's gone, and then that's going to be the fourth play caller for Justin Fields. Uh, Ask Alex Smith how that worked out in San Francisco. I believe he had six different play callers his first six years on the job. Or Waldron flames out and doesn't do a good job, and Fields ends up taking all the heat for that because Waldron will get fired. Either way, it's not going to work out well for him. Like, again, all this talk, what should the Bears do? Bears don't even need to worry about it. The quarterback should walk in and say, enough's enough. You can trade me, take Caleb Williams, best of luck to all of you. I'll go to Atlanta or somewhere else that actually wants me around. Because the one thing the Bears haven't done is endorse this kid at any point over the last five months. Just think about all of the great quarterbacks over the years, or very good quarterbacks over the years, and the level of consistency that they had at the beginning of their career. And that starts with Brady, who, you know, had Charlie Weiss for what? First three, four years of his career to get going. Rodgers in Green Bay. Off and running, exactly. When you have these guys, you are set up to succeed for a while. Justin Fields has been set up to fail for far too long. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.